92.9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't write nothing. <laughs> no, you ain't. ain't write nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly. As soon as it drops, we're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where. There's rubble and dust, cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say, Everybody, happy Tuesday. Yeah, much funny. Hey, yeah. uh, happy, uh, and I, I'm not, I'm not persuaded by this one, Jeffrey. It's, it's happy, love your pet day. Oh, come on, come on. I mean, if you want to have, say, you have National Dog Day or Cat Day or love your pet day, that's just another reason to get another dog, some dog pictures on social media. One hundred percent. Net, love your. In fact. I think there actually should be a a happy hate your pet day or what irritates you about your pet day because we all like say all the time it's just like our kids anything else that oh I love our pets love our pets love but I bet there what irritates you what irritates you about your dog uh sh- Ooh, there's nothing a uh no 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 there's there's too much uh number one she will uh. She and this is probably uh, some owner error, but after, after most of it's owner error, correct. that's the real after problem. We, it, it all comes back on us. After we finish dinner, uh, she will sit there and beg and irritate me until I will give her some form uh, of a rawhide uh, treat. Uh, what begging, but it's For, not it's not begging at the table. Oh well, she does that obviously. <laughs> I mean, she just you know she the, that. How often does she ever pee or poop in a house? No, she is very Ever. good about that. Like the only time she's ever done that, I mean, I'll, like, I'll she get, was I'll get pee and sick. poop in a house. I, I, I'm not. Too, I, it's my fault. The only time she has ever done that, it's like you could tell she was clearly sick, sick trying to get correct. Out. Yeah, yeah, that felt the, horrible about it. Yes, mine are like, hey, I wanted to go for a walk last night uh, at ten o'clock, and sometimes you know what I'll do is I'll just say, I'll, let's just go out in the backyard, hang out for a minute, and do your thing there. And sometimes they're not persuaded by that. Yeah, and they make sure I, you know, there's consequences. And uh, so, I mean, I, I I hate that about them. I not not it's not frequent, but it's too frequent. Mm-hmm. I can see why people don't want them. There's hair everywhere. Uh, Gus jumps up on people. There's no question about that. Like that lot. And but all all of this stuff. The reason you partly uh, uh, the, she she love your love your pet day. Love your pet day. There's things about my pets that irritate the hell out of me. Yeah, ah, vet bills. Although. I have to say, I've now been going to a vet called Utopia, and it is the closest thing to Utopia. To a, to a actual Utopia? Yeah, that I've, that I've discovered. But mm-hmm. I, so, um, I mean, I've, there's, I've been to lots of great vets over my time here, so I'm not disparaging any, any of them. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'm looking for economy, though, mm-hmm. in these difficult times. Anyway, happy love your pet day, however you celebrate. But I know, I know... There's something that irritates you about whatever pet you have. I don't believe there's a perfect pet. I, I would totally don't agree. Don't you think that's true? Uh, there's, there's nothing at all that irritates me. I mean, me. there's probably such thing as, like, extremely well-behaved uh, uh, animals. I don't know if they're pets. They're, like, show dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. But even those, they, they whatever, they probably breathe too loudly yeah. or whatever else. There's, thing, there's things that irritate us about it. We, you know, just like family members, just like family members. I love my family, uh, but there's things that irritate you about family members uh, as well. Today on the radio show, 
It's Tuesday, and that means the second hour is busy because we got Chris Harrington straight up at 10 o'clock and then fish on Friday on Tuesday. And let me just tell you that on days like this, days when uh, when uh, there's not a, a lot of sunshine in, in Memphis sports, uh, it's good to have Charles Fishman <laughs> to talk to us about other matters, right? And so we got fish on Friday on Tuesday with a lot of other matters. Chris Harrington, straight up at 10 o'clock, fish on Friday on Tuesday. After that, uh, next segment, we may play Believe It or Not, Jeffrey. And guess what I have holding in my little hand right here? Your phone? That's true. But guess what I'm looking at on the phone? An NBA mock draft. Mm. <laughs> uh, the, uh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm, Jeff, this is NFL mock draft season. I, 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 we're we're, we're still looking, trying to deal a week I'm without football. At, and the Grizzlies, do you know how many picks the Grizzlies have right now? I'm not saying they're going to eat the whatever. Do you have any idea how many they have? I don't think I knew until I just looked at this mock draft to see. Save their own first. Way, in this mock draft, and I'm not sure that this is where they are right now. In this mock draft, they're picking sixth. Haven't they slid? Um, Have they slid? In this mock draft, they're picking sixth. And then how many pick? How many other picks do you believe that they have? So is it, is it, one, fir- like, is they, it one first and four seconds? No, just two seconds. Two seconds. Uh, they got one first, and then they also pick. And by the way, uh, just so you know, uh, no Memphis Tigers uh, uh, are selected in this mock draft. It's a two-round mock draft as well. Um, the, uh, so they are technically a half game in the wrong direction from Toronto. Both have 36 losses, but the Grizzlies so have 21. So they would be actually picking seventh. Correct. I mean, they'd be seventh in the lottery. lottery yeah. yeah, seventh in the lottery, and that's how you, that's how you do it right now. The Grizzlies also uh, then pick 38th. And I'll just go ahead and spoil it, Jeffrey. I'll just go ahead and spoil who they're going to pick at 38. Hanson Yang. Mm. Hanson Yang from... He's a 7-1 big from King Dao. Of course. How could I forget? Q-I-N-G-D-A-O. And then I'll just go ahead and spoil the next one as well because then they pick at 54 and they pick uh, Ariel Huckporty, a 6-10 big from Melbourne United. Uh, so there you go. But I'll reveal their first-round pick when we <laughs> in the next segment. So that's what we're doing today. Um, let's see. Oh, Penny Hardaway spoke last night at his uh, radio show. And what I wanted to do, Jeffrey, is I'm going to give you a statement, something that Penny Hardaway said, and you tell me on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, my God, this is the absolute 100% varnish truth. Not the truth according to Penny Hardaway, but the actual truth, Right. Uh, that's ten. One is um, that uh, this is this is a this is a this is a ball face lie. Okay, those are the uh, those are the, the, the. There is literally no there is literally no truth to the statement if you were to analyze it. Okay. Okay. And so um, here we go. Here we go. Um, we'll start with uh, we'll start with this one. I get a lot of negativity. If we win 10 in a row and I lose one, it's going to be the biggest loss in the history of the game. Okay. So so, so one, one is there's, wh- no, there's no truth to that. Okay. Zero. There's literally and, zero truth to that. And 10 is, uh, he, he nailed it. He just about nailed it. I get a lot of negativity. If we win 10 in a row and I lose one, it's going to be the biggest loss in the history of the game. Okay, so... I do think it is true that he gets a good amount of negativity. There is actually right now. I do think a there's some of that. Good. Of course, the, the implication of this is that is that he gets extra negativity. Correct. You know what I mean? That he is undeserved. Fact, I think it's unfounded. Would it, be yeah, the, unfounded negativity. And he said this. Um, he, this is another statement. I knew when I got this job that I was going to be a target. Now. You could break that down. What are we analyzing? What he knew? He, he might have known that, even if it's not true. But is he a target? Let's just say that. Let's take that. Penny is a target. Yeah, I think that's true. But it's, it, think works, it's true? But it works both ways. I would say he is a target 
He's a target in the sense because he has such incredible name recognition. You know what this goes back to? This goes back to the national local. Penny is not locally a target. No, he's I just agree. not. Nationally, he is a target. So that's one one of one of our uh, our, our callers or texters or tweeters at some point along Chris the Porter. way. Yeah, was that who it was? Yeah, very thoughtful fellow. He said, um, and I think that is a hundred percent true. Penny is nationally. A target. Penny is locally not at all a target. No, I would agree. He's the opposite of a target. Well, I mean, like, typically think of it in these terms. Usually the fan base, and with the given with the given reality that fans are always going to be more, a little bit more emotional than typically media people. Right. So in both directions. But typically fans are much more frustrated and exacerbated with the exhausted, the I guess, with the results in the media. It's funny, though. Um, it's really kind of a, it's really sort of a, a remarkable dichotomy because that that disconnect between what he is nationally, which is a target, and what he is locally, which is a protected, <laughs> you know, sp- you know uh, uh, icon, um, is really, and you can understand why he, okay, well, let's take this one then. The one, if we win 10 in a row and I lose one, it's going to be the biggest loss in the history of the game. So that's where I would say, that's where I start to, that's where I start to push back. Um, that's crazy. Th- that, that one's crazy. That's a two. That's a yeah. two. There's two amount of truth to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you, you win 10 in a row, I mean, when they, now it is true when they won 10 in a row and they then lost one, was the one they lost South Florida? When they won the 10 in a row, yes, I believe that is the first. And that was, I can, maybe that's why he's saying that, is because the South Florida loss, was that the first one? So I believe it went South Florida. No, no, it was Tulane maybe the first loss. Mm-mm. I'm pulling it up. Um, Sorry, I've been doing so another I can task get that. for you. But there no, is- South Florida's the first loss. It went South Florida at home. At eh, Tulane, at yeah, UAB, yeah. and the so rest. I can see why he might actually say, drawing from literally what happened this year. But of course, w- the reason that became the biggest—it wasn't the biggest loss in the history of the game—but the reason that became a considered a big loss was because of the nature of the loss, right? A hundred percent. Here's the truth: Penning has lost six of nine. It's this idea that one loss triggers an avalanche of criticism at Penny is nonsense. What, what triggers the avalanche of criticism at Penny is that they've lost six of nine. And the other time when they did it, they'd lost whatever. Two years ago, they'd lost eight of nine or something crazy like that at, at the SMU game or six of ten. or That's when, when, when the – so that, that part's just silly. Yeah. That part's just, that part's just silly. Okay. Um, here you go. Uh, I put us in position to win every single game. I can't – uh, get out on the court and play as well every single night. Okay, so I put us into position to win every single night. So I'm going to... Let's be honest. The second part of that, I can't get out on the court and play as well. That's a 10. There's, that's 100% right. true. He that's, cannot. That's a 10. He cannot. I have to say the other one is a 3 because in the end... Whether like the SMU game, like take for instance, we all acknowledge that we think the team quit on a, on, on yep. Sunday. But you can also have this also has to be true. If you had a perfect game plan, why did you change the game plan seventy five seconds in? Because seventy five seconds in, you had you completely took out your starting lineup and you you restarted. Like you know what yeah, I mean? The, the North Texas game, uh, where the the opposing coach is saying, "Yo, don't be alarmed by how." Wide open the shots are. Correct. And then you get wide open shots. Did Penny put him in position to put him in position to win? I, 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 I would say I would no. Argue I would against, say no. I mean, to me, the other problem that I keep seeing is it does not I think I'd mention this to you off the air. It does not matter what your game plan is against Memphis's defense. Typically whatever you run works. So if you want to do like essentially what it doesn't sound like then he puts him in position no, to win right, every single game. But like and my whole deal is Maybe like I can I can imagine a world where the game plan on paper you can sit there and go that's a pretty good plan, but the reality is if they cannot execute the plan, like at the end like that wasn't a good plan because they didn't understand said plan. Does every coach, 
every coach, um, Nick Saban included, there are days when he does not put them in position to win, right? Yes. Right? I mean, that's just true. I, I actually credit Saban for – And I, again, I don't know Nick's history prior to Alabama, but ever since I was covering the SEC, whenever they lose, Nick's first thing is, we didn't have a good plan today. And whenever they win, it was – Kids executed. You know, they played well. But this is kind of the larger problem. It's like we we keep doing this song and dance of every time they lose, it's like the plan was fine, but they didn't execute. Uh, here's another one. This is from last night uh, at his media, uh, at, his t- at his radio show. Uh, uh, I work harder than any coach. I mean, I, I have no way of knowing that, There's but no I, I, find that, I find that hard to believe. That's impossible. Yes. I mean, I mean, I suppose there is a single hardest working coach in the business, right? Someone probably works sure. harder than any yeah. other coach. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, I would... Of uh, the 300 and plus coaches out there, someone actually is the yes. hardest working coach. Just the odds are it's not Penny. Correct. Where I could where I could accept that statement... I, I do believe he works hard, and I do yeah. believe he cares deeply. I think where I could accept that statement is, I care more about my job than anyone else. I can, I can I think buy that's that right. statement. Yes, I care more about my school than anyone else. Right. When, when he says things like, I am in it for the city, I, like, whatever, that's not, that wasn't the theme last night. Yeah. So I, that's not... But I, I think you're right. If he goes to, I, I think... I think he's a very solid ground when he's saying when he's saying those things. All right. Okay, here's one. Uh, when you see the guys that are on the floor Wednesday, those are the guys that are bought in. So, do you believe you will Wednesday see the guys that are bought in? In fact, you know what we're going to do? Tell me your starting lineup Wednesday. Once again, I forgot how many dollars I owe from the last it one. It was one for each. I know, but I don't know how many you got. I got two. two. You got two. Okay. Now, we did also acknowledge you could have, like, even John would have maybe gotten at That's most fine. two. Like, that was such that a... That was a crazy... Yeah, I know, but okay. Who is going to start Wednesday? All right. David Jones is going to start. I think that's an easy dollar for you. David Jones is going to start. This is where it starts to get tough. I think Quinterly is going to start, don't you? Or no? I, th- I really... I don't. No, I don't think Quinterly's going to yeah, start. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, no, no, no. There's no way. I'm sorry. I, I take that back. I meant Tomlin's going to start. I think that's correct. There's, like Quinterly's the obvious one who's not going to start, right? Correct. To me, it's Quinterly's the first one that's not. Right. Well, here's the thing, though. He didn't start him. The problem is they don't really. He, he didn't start him against Rice, but then he played more minutes. He played thirty plus minutes. It's because they don't really have another point guard. Right. Like you know what I mean? Like. So who's going to start? You think David Jones is going to start? Malco, yes or no? I'm going to say Nick Jordan. You think Jordan's going to start? Although you could talk me into Jordan might not be in the circle of trustables. Who else is going to start? Jaden. You think Jaden? I think Jaden is bought in. I'm going to say that. If that if that is if if this is true that he's going to start the guys who are bought in. <laughs> Maybe you better go with both Hardaways here. <laughs> Maybe you got to go with both Hardaways. I don't know. I mean, is he going to do Jonathan Pierre at point guard again? Could do Jonathan Pierre. How about Joseph Cooper? That's a good point. JC, that's now... Joe Cooper. It's always nice to have another option. Is Joe Cooper going to start? Because I'm trying to do elimination. I don't think Jaquan is, right? No, I think we can. I think we can say that Quinterly and Walton are not going to start. So Jalen Young, then the ones who I'm not sure. Well, what's what's the deal with him? I don't know. The ones who I'm not sure of, who I will, I'll be intrigued by, are Malco, the Hardaways, Jordan. No, because the ones that I don't really know how he. I don't have any particular instinct on how he feels about them in terms of the circle of trust. Yeah, are Malco, Jordan, and Tomlin. And what are we doing, Brown? There's no way Brown started. He, okay, think about it in these terms. The team voted not to bring him back. Right, and Penny, and Penny brought, him, brought back. him back. So does that mean he's no, in the circle? He's not starting. There's no way he's starting. I, I, I am done dealing in absolutes with lineups and Penny Hardaway. All right, well, I'm, you, 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 listen, this is big money on the line. I know. 
And so far, you've only told me you've got David Jones starting, and then you've sort of thrown out Jordan and Jaden. Are you going with those two as well? And Tomlin. So now I've got to find the fifth. Well, now you need an uh, you need a point guard, unless Jaden's your point guard. I'm going to say he puts Jonathan Pierre out there again. And Pierre. That's your starting lineup. Jaden. That is positionless basketball. David Jones, Jordan, and Tomlin. And over under, when will their first uh, substitution be? Okay. Where, where would you set that? It's a home game. Uh, so I'm going to say at before the first media timeout, so before the under 16. Yeah, so we'll say three, actual... min- say three minutes in. You think it's going to go at least three minutes? Oh, because I think this team's going. Like I think the what the like this team could be a disaster. Like this team could legitimately not get out, get off a shot. Right, that, so my question is: is why doesn't he then sub within seventy seconds? Because I think at home he's going to. You know, at a certain point, it's like you're going to dig in a little bit and just stamp stamp yeah. the guys I believe in. Yeah. What's the atmosphere going to be like? Weird. Maybe dead. Maybe apathetic. Dead or weird. Maybe apathetic. It was packed last night. People came out for the radio show to support Penny. People love Penny. Right, but th- those people are the people you can depend on no matter what. Like, I would equate right, those two. Packed there is 100 so. You know, like we always talk, not- even in the Larry Porter era, you still could get seven to 10,000 people. Right. There's always people. The, Correct. The honor guard. Who right. Go down with Tick Price. Right. So you're going to. I don't even know that Tubby had those, though. And Tubby, we can say, had about 1,500 people. Um, you know, here's the truth. It's, uh, it was, uh, I, I, uh, I appreciate Penny saying what's on his heart. I've always had, actually. It's one of the things that I really do appreciate Penny. He says what's on his heart. Uh, now, whether or not we think that's, it's an accurate thing that he's saying, um, uh, or whether he's going to stick with it. Like how many times he said he's got to get the rotation down to six or seven, or how many times, you know, what, seven or, you know, seven or eight, or, you know, and then he doesn't. Like how many times he said, I've got to get... Got to play the studs. Or, you know, yeah. or I got to get the, I got, we, we got to get the players in early this year so they can bind together as a team. Or like he says lots of things that he then doesn't follow through on. Um, uh, that's certainly true. Uh, but I do appreciate that he says what's on his heart. And I... Uh, and I lament that it's, you know, that here we are. But the truth of the matter is, and this is why I guess I push back from the target thing, certainly locally, is that if Penny doesn't make the tournament this year, and it appears that he will not make the tournament this year, he will easily be, you know, going back to Wayne Yates, the least successful first six years of a coach in Memphis basketball history. With the with the caveat of getting six years, yes. If he, yeah, if, like Tubby's if, yes. the least successful. Yeah, yes, yes. yes. If Coach who's got six years, yeah. No, Tick had two, right? And Tubby had two. Like there are definitely coaches who have been since Wayne Yates, and Wayne Yates, Wayne Yates got five, right? So if you look at the coaches who got six, yep, I've got the numbers in front. It's of me. Dana, it's Larry, John, it's Cal, and it's Josh. Yes. Okay. And uh, let's just—you do have this. Yep. You have this numbers. Okay. Yep. Well, well, let's we'll start from the we'll start from the top. Josh in six years. Yep. He, I believe this is right. He went to four tournaments. He and did. He had two, uh, and he had two in his first six years. Went to four tournaments, and he had two tournaments. He victories. was two and four, correct? Penny again. Now maybe that. Listen, they can win the conference tournament. It's not over, and then they can win the conference tournament. They could win games that go to Sweet Sixteen. But if. I'm saying if in this universe where he misses the tournament, he will have had six years, two tournaments, one win. Josh had six years, four tournaments, two wins. Yes. Right? Josh, who was run out of town for that. Yes. Um, he had one more year after that, though. We're just talking about the first six years. Cal, his first six years, uh, I believe this is right, three tournaments. Yep. And four wins and one Elite Eight. Is that right? Is it four tournament wins? Yes. No, no, he went three. I'm sorry, he went three and three with a Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight. So he in his first, first, correct. So there's a year where they counted as the second round. I see, but that was the first when they. So were how the many first, how many tournament wins has he had in his first six years? He was three and three. He had three wins. Three wins. 
How could he have gone to a Sweet 16 and an Elite Eight with with three only three wins? That's because impossible. we get to the Elite Eight. Yes, you win the Sweet oh, 16. Oh, the same game. thing. Oh, right. I see. That's to the get same to the Final Four, you have to win. Yeah, that's four. that's the same year. Yeah. I see. Sweet 16 and Elite. Yeah, he was 0 and two and then went three and one. Um. So um. So so six years, three tournament wins. And an Elite Eight. Yes. Which was also a Sweet 16, because yes. by, by definition. Correct. That's not separate. It's Correct. not a separate It was the year. same team. We'll, but just, yes. we'll just max them. We'll go to the, for each year, we'll just go to the max. Got we're it. Not gonna, for the Final Four. Um, so very clearly a more successful uh, first six years. Larry, and this is where I got a little confused. In six years, three tournaments, right? Isn't that right? Yes. Larry went to three tournaments, and I had him down for five wins. So I had four because okay. I believe it's the it's the weird. Okay, that's probably right. Four wins, and what did he have? Did he have a Sweet Sixteen? Uh, he had an Elite Eight, and he had an Elite Eight. Yep. And then Dana, yes, six years, four tournaments, right? Correct. How many wins? Eight. Eight wins and a Final Four. Correct. And four Sweet Sixteens, but it's also important to note on those Sweet Sixteens. You, I think most of the time he only had to win one game, right? Because the it wasn't a sixty four team. So, if you just go the, the 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 you know Dana four tournaments and a final four, Larry three tournaments and an elite eight. This is in the first six years. Cal six tournaments. I mean uh, three tournaments and an elite eight. Tubby four tournaments and two wins. Penny two tournaments, one win. Yes. It's not close. No, and even if you do, like, I know trying to do conference win percentage. Now, you, you could say, by the way, one of those tournaments, there was COVID. But they weren't going to make that tournament. At, when the tournament started, <laughs> yes. Right. So, I understand conference record has an asterisk because, you know, who, the the quality of the league. Right. But you would also think, you know, he, he has the, he has the second worst Conference win percentage behind Larry. And he has the second worst overall win percentage. The thing that I thought was interesting is almost Josh, John, and Dana through their first six seasons had nearly identical win percentages. Josh was 71.8, John was 71.4, and Dana was 71.4. Penny is 68.2. Well, what's interesting is for a lot of them, they, they, they followed the same formula they the same pattern which was a little bit of a slow start yeah and then they pick up and then they and then they yeah. and they went now josh was the opposite and that was because i think josh was benefiting from the cal hangover right the cal he was benefiting from the momentum yeah, but he missed the tournament his first year remember yes. yeah that that's because that recruiting yeah. class was told but he he was already when he got the job recruiting to the second class yes and so that class um and that so then then that class he had a he was able to recruit off of off of John's successes, and then at the end, he somewhat tailed off. And of course, he coached his seventh year, which was unsuccessful, did not make the tournament. So he went to uh, he went to four in seven years. We count him four and six, but four and seven. But it is kind of amazing. Josh four in his first six, Penny two in his first six. Yep. And Josh was ridiculed. Yeah. As a coach, what an inept. Winning is hard, <laughs> you know. Yep. Uh, thanking the police, whatever else. Um, now, all right. Let me let me make an excuse for Penny. All right. Unlike the other coaches who were able to build something, and then they had their successes. Penny, as he was reaching the point, the same point where the whole system changed. Yeah, I think it is fair to say this. I think even if you're a Penny naysayer, I think you have to acknowledge Penny's six years has seismic changes involved. Number one, like you had the pandemic involved. And then on top of that, you had essentially all at once name, image, and likeness rules, which is, let's be real, pay for play, free agency, free market, whatever, all that going in with an unlimited transfer waiver with – and and at a time when, when Larry was coach, the athletic budgets at Ole Miss, for example, mm-hmm. and Memphis were basically the same. Yeah. Now Penny is operating in a world where 
all the Power Five schools are dramatically richer than the University of Memphis. And so even though Memphis is a program that invests heavily in basketball. I don't know if I'd say all Power Five, but certainly all Power Two. Certainly all Power Two. Correct. And like the the, <laughs> the disparity between, right. oh, to your example, the disparity today between Ole Miss and Memphis is massive. And it, and it didn't used to, it, there used to be basically no disparity um, in terms of spending or whatever. It was, a, it was a modest disparity. And so he's living in a world where there's a growing gap of reason. Now, mind you, they still spend plenty of money. Listen, here's the truth. And this goes for Silverfield and Penny both. They're now in a conference where, where, like, if they ever want raises, like Silverfield wants a raise, he looks around. You look at, now that Cincinnati and Houston and UCF and whatever have left, you look who's left in this conference and what they spend. Oh, you are clearly the best job. You are the best job. You're the job that cares the most, that invests the most. And it's not even close. I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't gone down for all the coaching salaries, but Penny, and this is another reason, by the way, Penny has five years left on his deal. So if it, apart from anything else, a lot, well, some of the reasons we talk about with Penny, the, they're not, they would, A, they shouldn't fire him. We both agree with that. Uh, and B, they, they shouldn't fire him. And, and B, um, they won't fire him because he's an icon. That's what we always come back to because he's an icon and you can't, right? He's an icon. It would create bitterness. You can't. Even if you weren't an icon, if you were Tubby Smith, who was loathed, with five years left on his deal, yeah, you couldn't fire him anyway. Hundred percent. You're trying to raise money for a fo- to, to uh, for, you know to to fix your football stadium. So um, if you ever want him to leave, you better hope he gets sick of it and walks away. You better hope what he does what a player does quit. So I'm trying to look up just basketball spending. So the basketball budget, uh-huh. the best data that I can see is through the 22 season. Uh, this is from uh, three-man weave. Memphis, in terms of basketball budget, would be 64th nationally. And now, granted, you have to throw in some some of these schools that are higher. It's because they were paying off coaches. Like, right. whatnot. Yeah. Like, I can't, I'm trying to just find specifically what did they spend on this basketball team. Yeah. But I don't know if, like, but I mean, we're talking about you are in the same, like, you're in the same kind of category as Clemson. Like, it's Clemson, Minnesota, SMU, Seton Hall, Arizona State's around you, K-State's around you. It is funny, though. Even 64th isn't. I bet, I bet once upon a time... It was much higher than sixty four. That's what I'm saying. Like I, 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 I do think there is a legitimate argument. I think that's of yeah, what it, is it the is, job. You can make an argument that, in fact, you can make an argument that the job has changed. The job is harder. That that what we've seen here, you can compare them to Dana and Larry and Cal and Josh. But what we've actually seen is a degradation in the job. Correct. And that if you take out Cal, who's just his own. You know, like supernova. Yes. Right? What Penny is doing looks a lot more like what Josh did, you know, whereas what Dana and Larry did looked a lot more like what, 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 you know, each other. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and not that different than what Gene Barto did. Like they're succeeding at a Sweet 16, Elite 8 level, a matter of routine, whatever seemed doable. Now, look at the program. Since Cal left, three tournament wins. Over such titans as St. Mary's, George Washington, and Boise State. Yes. So maybe it's not fair to say that Penny is uh, is the least successful coach. Accurate, accurate. The least successful six year coach since Wayne Yates. But um, but maybe at least there's an explanation for that. Yes. Um, let me ask you one last question on this. All right. I'll save it for believe it or not. We okay. got to we got to take a break, and uh, we we also. Uh, by the way, I'm going to tell you who the Grizzlies are drafting with their <laughs> with their number one pick overall as well in the next segment. Chris Harrington, straight up ten o'clock. Fish on Friday on Tuesday. After that, if you're selling your house, I would urge you to call Josh Heisa. 
uh, Josh Heisa. Phone number is 901-461-8147, 901-461-8147. I've told you stories about individuals who use him, and, um, and I think those are helpful because um, there's a lot. But honestly, just as helpful to go over and look at the Google reviews and you realize that there are more than 300 five-star Google reviews, each of those real people who, uh, who use Josh and, and appreciated the way, that he, uh, the way that he does his business. Um, flexible fees, no upfront cost, let you out of the contract at any time, risk-free. Uh, Josh Heisaw, spring is coming. If you're putting your house on the market, this is the perfect time. Josh Heisaw at 901-461-8147 or joshsellsthemidsouth.com. Uh, back in a moment, it's Jeff Calkin Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Tax Talk with Straight Talk. You give and you give. This tax season you get with Straight Talk Wireless. You get a reliable 5G network and unlimited data and a new Samsung Galaxy A15 for just $99. So you can give your janky phone to your kid. Good talk. Switch to Straight Talk for plans starting as low as $25 a line per month for four lines. Find us at Walmart and straighttalk.com. For network management practices, visit straighttalk.com. Device offer ends 41424. In-store activation on single silver unlimited plan or higher required. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Taxes and fees apply. At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. Hit buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You're talking NBA right now. I mean, Grizzlies... You know, I know we all don't want to say it, but probably a good thing to fade them at this point for the rest of the season. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash JSmith and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA and, of course, of 92.9 FM ESPN. You must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline. 1-800-889-9789. That's 1-800-889-9789. Your window into affordable luxury is Pella Windows and Doors of Memphis. At Pella, we offer quality replacement windows at any budget. I can't believe the price of my new windows. They were so affordable. If I knew I could afford windows and doors as gorgeous as these, I would have chosen Pella Windows and Doors of Memphis years ago. Right now, save 25% on your entire project or get 50% off installation. The highest quality, the greatest value. 
Choose Pella Windows and Doors of Memphis, your window into affordable luxury. It's time to talk trash, Mid-South. This is Rick West with Waste Connections and Team Waste. Our Memphis and Collierville campuses are currently hiring CDL drivers, driver helpers, diesel mechanics, and PM techs. We offer competitive pay, great benefits, and at the end of each workday, you get to be home with your family. Our culture is built on taking care of each other and the communities we serve. Apply today at careers at wasteconnections.com and be a part of a great team. Connect your future with Waste Connections and Team Waste. Get ready. This week, Staples has deals so good, you're going to want to sit down. Are you sitting? I'll wait. Great. Right now, during Staples Sit-A-Thon, you can save up to $180 on select chairs. That's up to $180 off desk chairs, up to $180 off computer chairs, and up to $180 off gaming chairs. So hurry into Staples now for the Staples Sit-A-Thon and grab a seat or two. Ends 3-2. In-store only. See associate for details. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. When people have a craving to explore new and traditional Asian cuisines, they head to P.F. Chang's, where scratch-made dishes come from the 2,000-year-old tradition of wok cooking. P.F. Chang's wanted to explore new possibilities for their website. They turned to AmericanEagle.com. AmericanEagle.com re-architected P.F. Chang's website, integrating multiple third-party systems to create a unified digital experience. The results? Improved page speed and performance, personalized content based on users' location, intuitive online ordering, and increased in organic search visibility and a 40% increase in new users. For scratch-made Asian cuisine, visit your local P.F. Chang's or go to pfchangs.com for website design, development, digital marketing, and hosting that produce efficiency, revenue, and results. Visit AmericanEagle.com. P.F. Chang's and AmericanEagle.com. Another example of the best businesses in the world. Turning to the best in the business for websites, go to AmericanEagle.com or call 877-WEBNOW1. That's 877-WEBNOW1. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Wake up. Breakfast. And nature-made vitamins. Whatever your morning sounds like, nature-made fits right in. Whether you're looking for vitamin C or a multivitamin to get key nutrients, we've got you covered. Now that's a good morning. We take care of you so you can take on your day. Start your day with NatureMade, the number one pharmacist-recommended vitamin and supplement brand. Based on a survey of pharmacists who recommend branded vitamins and supplements. Jeff's guests appear on the Frame Corner phone lines. Frame Corner, with expert custom and do-it-yourself framing since 1975 on Park Avenue in East Memphis. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. to talk about all those great Memphis Tiger years past. I bet people have memorabilia. I bet people have framed memorabilia from those uh, from those uh, years. And if you have some memorabilia you want framed, maybe not from this Memphis Tiger basketball season, but from any time, jersey, tickets, whatever, programs, um, or just a beautiful piece of art, head on into the frame corner. Uh, frame corner is 5035 Park Avenue. They do a they've got they've got pre-made fame frames you can go in there and buy a beautiful frame and frame something yourself uh 60 off right now actually or um you can go in there and and just like hey can you make this look beautiful 
And that it is amazing what uh, a brilliant framing job can do. They can make something look beautiful. Uh, they talk about they frame memories. They take things and they and they and they make memories uh, for you. It's the Frame Corner, FrameCornerMemphis.com, fifty thirty five Park Avenue. Uh, let's play Believe It or Not. Now it's time for Believe It. Believe I don't even know if I believe. Now I'm a believer. Or not. Believe it or not. On the Jeff Hawkins Show. This is what I was going to ask you before, and I'll phrase it as a believe it or not, Jeffrey. Putting aside the bitterness that would result, putting aside the unpleasantness or the acrimony or the money that has to be paid or anything else, just focusing on this, Memphis could find a better coach than Penny Hardaway. Believe it or not. So I actually do not believe this. And you're basically just saying, like, forget all the other factors that would clearly They're going to prevent him from being, like, I'm just saying, if Penny stepped away tomorrow. Right. On his own, and they could go out and hire a coach. They could, they in fact could hire a better coach for this job than Penny Hardaway. Correct. And the and reason you why do I do not believe that the reason why I do not believe that is I do not think that there is another person that is uniquely qualified to to raise as much money, however you want to phrase it, nil war chest. I don't think there's anyone else that can do it to the level that he does. I don't think there's anyone else that can have as much name recognition on their recruiting trail. And in the end, like you keep getting players and you keep knocking at the door. I just do not think that there's anyone else that could like someone maybe you could hand a team to and probably could do a better job for that particular season. But I don't think there's anyone else that can match up all of the things that I think are the most significant for being a coach in this era. And I don't think, I don't think Memphis could get to anyone better than Penny Hardaway. That's interesting. Cause I, I think I would have answered that question, could they find a better coach for the job than Penny Hardaway, given what we've seen, what the Penny Hardaway has done with this job? Like, uh, can, I, can I imagine that they could find a coach who in the next six years could go to more than one tournament, even in this new NIL world, and, and, and more than two tournaments, two tournaments, and more though. than two tournaments and one win? Here's the truth. I think they could, could. In other words, I think coaches are out there who you can discover and, you know, and no, who might create the momentum to get the NIL or whatever else. I think could, sure, it's possible, right, that the person that they hire could be like just once upon a time they hired Justin Fuente in football. You know what I mean? I, I'm not saying that the times yeah. are different, but but at that moment, who would have imagined they would go out and hire a coach? who? W- but if you hire the right coach at the right moment, I actually can imagine they could. Do I think they likely would? No, <laughs> right? right? I think most of the people they would would, would 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 for all the reasons you say, the stuff that matters now. It's actually one of the frustrating things about Penny, because the stuff that matters now in assembling the roster, which is ability to raise money, ability to get indoors, ability to like sell yourself, ability to get players. That's what matters most. Penny still, even damaged, even though people are saying, oh, it's going to be harder for him to get the NIL money. It'd be, if Joe Smith walks in the job tomorrow, Penny would have a lot easier to, even this Penny has a lot easier time raising NIL money than whatever Joe Smith is going to walk in the job, in the end of the job tomorrow. Yes. So, um, uh, so I actually think you're right, Penny. And so it's frustrating What's frustrating is given that he has all of those strengths and this deep bedrock love and belief in him in the community, that there are two fundamental weaknesses. One, an inability to be discerning as he puts together a roster to help himself to just say, I don't need every single guy who wants to be the man. Yes. And then secondly, an inability to shape that roster with 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 sensible rotations that give players a role and are not just at the whim of his every single mood in that moment. Those two things are frustrating about Penny because he has so many other advantages. Well, I think the problem is I think those two things are the same in my opinion. They I are think the th- same. They are the same. They're from the same I would, place. I would argue the other weakness that I have that I that I believe and it's one man's opinion. 
I do not think he does a good job of building a team culture. I think he's too dependent on the players. And it 100%. works for, if you've got Kendrick and DeAndre, 100%. guess what? That no. works fine. You don't have to do, do, do a whole do you, lot. Do, you, do I believe that they run the tightest ship in the shipping business? No. I do not. No, there's lots of other teams that don't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. But yes, he, he he trusts them to be men. Correct. And to be like NBA players and, Correct. and to whatever else. And he doesn't, I think that's right. Um, but it is interesting. Because for all the other reasons, it would, I think, be a disaster to try to move on from Penny. And, and almost not particularly worth talking about. Although we will talk about it, uh, if only to dismiss it. But it is fascinating to think, if given a totally sl- clean slate... Could you find someone better? And you're not like some Penny Hardaway, you know, apologist. No. But you still don't think they could find someone better. No, I I, I think there's a... Interesting. I think that there... I think if this job came on the market, I think a lot of fans would be very, very uh, frustrated with the candidate pool. Like, if we came up with a scenario that you're mentioning, like, forget all the external factors. If this job just came open, I I think it would be underwhelming to some fans. Um, uh, Justin Field is, uh, is on his way out of Chicago. Believe it or not. Well, Jeff, we got the number one telltale sign. Oh, what is the telltale sign? Jeff, he scrubbed the bears from his social media accounts. It's funny you should mention that Mm -hmm. because, uh, it was, uh, it was brought to my attention. Someone recently said to me, is Calkins like mad at 92.9? Because he has scrubbed 92.9 off his Twitter account. And to that, I, I lamented. I hated to point out. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to change my, my Twitter account. I don't think I've, I've never had 92.9 on my Twitter account or whatever else. I, I haven't touched my Twitter bio in, in probably decades. Well, so well, th- no, does you, it you, say, changed it, you changed it is, one time. I, I, I can yeah. okay, When and, did you start the day of Oh, when I started the Daily Memphian. Yes. Yeah, I started it then. Columnist so, of the Daily Memphian, host of the Jeff Calkins show, oh, DMZ says, are open. Oh, it says host of the Jeff Calkins show. Yes. But well, it doesn't have like whatever. It doesn't have 92.9 on it. Oh, yeah. No. I don't, do I? I was, a, I was accused of scrubbing it. I did not scrub. I would never scrub. You know what scrubbing is? Scrubbing is passive aggressive is what it is. I don't know if it's passive aggressive. It's it's, it's ridiculous. It's now aggressive it's aggressive. Childish. Yes. It's ridiculous. But what has Justin Field done? He has scrubbed the Bears oh, from no. his social media accounts. Oh no! Now I think you can make the argument that the Bears have scrubbed Justin Fields. Yeah, the... I actually think it's there's well, no way he's coming back. Yeah, why not scrub it? I, I don't listen. If you are under contract and you're just pouting about something. To scrub because what that's that's childish. If in fact you're just recognizing that you're moving on, I actually don't even think it's childish. Do you? No, I think you can actually make an argument. Why would you want theirs? I, yeah. I don't think it's true, but you could make the argument by scrubbing it. You are taking away a little bit of leverage from the Bears, and so maybe perhaps by the Bears not having as much leverage, maybe you could end up getting a a, a better fit for you. Setting I guess. yourself. Yeah, I, can, I guess I can see that. But in the end, he knows he's not going to be a bear. They're yes. going to draft Caleb Williams. Correct. And uh, I presume. Let me they're ask they're you drafting this. a quarterback. I okay, let me, you know how they always say the draft starts at, okay? I, uh, here's my next, believe it or not. The draft starts at three. At believe the it or not. <laughs> I think the draft starts at two. You think it starts at I two? think it starts at two because I think there is going to be – I think there's going to be a real debate between Drake May and Jalen Daniels. Jaden Daniels, beg your pardon. I think, I think it starts at three. I, I, think, I think it's going to be Drake May. I think, I think Drake May lends itself to uh, – Drake May is going to quietly lend itself to like a lot of takes and a lot of second guessing. And then in the who, end – who, which, which of those would you two take? Which of those I think I'd, I think I'd bet on Daniels. I think I understanding that the understanding that the floor might be lower. I think the ceiling's higher with Daniels because it Daniels is, is given what we've seen in the NFL. Re, well, listen, we've seen recently in the NFL that um, we've always known you can whiff on quarterbacks, right? That's absolutely. always been a thing. What we've really seen recently is drafts whereby. Some people are hitting on quarterbacks and other people are with run. Like there's yeah. there are it seems like there's right answers in every draft, 
right? It's yeah. just and there's, sometimes, there's also and sometimes wrong the answers. Niner, like teams like the Niners are getting it right and wrong. And yeah, the Niners are getting it right and but then there's just wrong answers in every draft. Yeah. I mean, the Josh Allen draft is kind of nuts. The Patrick Mahomes, like quarterbacks in that Josh was taken high, but he there were t- there were two two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks taken ahead of him. So Baker, Baker Darnold, Darnold, is that it? I think that was it. He was taken eighth overall. And uh, but there were there they were there were two players who were taken ahead of him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was taken high, but yeah, there were he qu- was taken ahead of Rosen. But there were quarterbacks taken ahead of him. Um, there was was there one in front of Mahomes? So it was Mitch. La- La- I, was last year, last year, quarterbacks taken one two, and we know right right now two is a hit and one is a miss. So far, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, again, I'm not. I don't feel like I want to like ride for Bryce Young. No, no. I do. I don't think, think it we is, can call him a bust yet. I think it's also Rough important start. to note. At this point, after one year, you would have said Jared Goff is a disaster and Carson Wentz is an unequivocal hit. I think that, uh, yeah, I think after year right. one. Yes, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. Okay. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies will take in the NBA draft lottery Ron Holland, 6'8 wing from G League Ignite. Believe it or not. That would be the sixth pick, correct? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't believe that. How would you No, I'm going to say I don't it? believe it because you're playing the odds. Well, I a, a, they may not. First of all, here, here you go. Really? really? Yep. The Grizzlies will make their lottery pick and keep their lottery pick in this year's draft. Believe it or not. I say I don't believe that because has Zach Kleiman ever in the first round made the pick that he was given. So it was Zaire they traded up. I think they've moved around every year in the first round. So I'm going to say I don't believe that because that's kind of been his mo. Yeah, they're lottery pick though. Just they're going to they're going to stay in the lottery and they're going to keep keep their and they're going to. But I mean, like even pick, even the, yeah, I mean, if if I'm my point is if they move to four or twelve or whatever else, I'm counting that is in other okay, words. Okay, I thought you were saying that whatever they whatever pick what, they no, get no, in the no. lottery. I'm saying that's, as okay. opposed to trade it for a player gotcha. who will come in and got gotcha. you that they're going to make their draft pick. Okay, I'm with you. Um, I I do believe that because I. I think in the end, like that, their math's going to be this is their best possibility because I just don't know what what the value of this pick, even with it being on paper like a high number. I think that they're probably going to have to roll with that, and they're also going to run into like a money crunch where, hey, you can have some contract control. I think most fans right now would be displeased if they found that they were going to draft someone and 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 keep them. Right, I think they would be displeased. I think they're they're wanting this pick to be traded for instant help, and no one believes instant help will come out of this draft. Yeah, I. Th- but I will not be. I will not I be. I think that's about probably it. fair. I mean, the the problem that you're always going to have in that scenario is we don't know what the offers are. Because right, like, right. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Remember yeah, when but- when you pointed out when they traded Xavier Tillman? Did they have a better offer? It seems very obvious that they didn't have a better offer. The uh, the top the, the 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 top of this draft is Zachary Riss- Rissaker. I'm going to mispronounce all these names. Uh, he uh, plays in the in the uh, French league, um, and uh, the the and so he Rissache, whatever. <laughs> Research curve. I thought C H E R. Alexar has dropped has dropped uh, to two in this mock draft. This is at the Ringer. I mean, this is at the uh, ESPN. Um, oh, he's a, he's the center. And what's interesting is they're saying. And this isn't a g- great thing. They're saying he may need a big to play alongside him. Mm, there you go. So he may not be the guy that you want sticking next to next to next to, next to Jaron. Nikola Topic uh, is the point guard. Seems unlikely to be a Grizz. A six six point guard uh, going to San Antonio. Cody Williams, the wing from Colorado, is four. That's Jalen Williams' brother. Um, five is um, a Castle, the Connecticut kid, yeah. the UConn kid. Uh, six six wing, uh, a high a man of a young man of high integrity, high motor too, high motor. Um, and then Ron Holland, who came into the year as sort of the number one guy. Yeah, a lot of people projected number one. He's on a horrible team. He's not uh, playing efficiently at all, but he's putting up decent numbers. Um, and um, and he's got a he's got a motor too. Uh, he's got a great he's a great athlete, raw wing. That's six. That's who they have for the Grizzlies at six. And onward you go. 
if you're looking to the next center, if you're actually looking for center help, the next one is Kyle Filipowski, mm. uh, who goes ninth um, to Oklahoma City. Um, and that's really it. Dalton Connect goes 10 to Atlanta. Uh, Reed Shepard from Kentucky, he's an interesting player, um, goes 11 to the Bulls. Where does, does that one have, where, does that have Klingon anywhere? Yeah, Klingon is, falls a little bit. What's interesting is, is that uh, a Johnny Furphy, who is sort of, you know, rocketed yeah. up the, uh, from Kansas, he goes 13. But, um, yeah, I was surprised by this. Now, Kling's been hurt, and that's and that is part of it. But they don't have him going until 18 to the Knicks. Klingon has had an up-and-down year, did injuries to his foot in the preseason, and an ankle injury midway through the season. When he's been on the court, he's been one of the most dominant players in college basketball, completely shuts down the paint when he's in the game with an enormous frame that takes up a significant portion of the paint, moves well, elite and drop coverage defensively, um, makes his presence felt on the weak side. Offensively, he's more of a screen-and-roll big, we don't care about that, who covers ground quickly and finishes well at the rim, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, of the bigs, he's the one I like the most. Um, where evaluators have the most questions is regarding